0: Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen
1: to you, move your mouth. I bet you come way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You're from the town that I love. best. talk Memphis. I wish you would. Talk Memphis.
2: You sound so good. Talk Memphis. High on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that like...
0: Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And good morning. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones this morning. And we're going to be just going through all the aspects of disability insurance because we're going to find out some statistics that will make you kind of concerned. At least it made me concerned, Jeremy, as we were going through preparing for the program, just the whole thought process about disability insurance, what people think about. Jamie Cochran's our guest. But before we go any further, it's Facts on Friday, and I can't wait to hear some of these facts that you've got for us this morning, sir.
1: We have some great facts this morning, and the first one we're going to talk about, since we did just have a lot of graduations, people getting out of school, and it should be an exciting time. But let's talk a little bit about what it takes to go through school and college, student loans. As of March 31st, outstanding student loans were $1.19 Trillion. Trillion. One
2: trillion that's trillion with a T.
1: It's a lot of zeros. There's a lot you know, of
2: zeros, yes.
1: Jamie, you want to tell us how many zeros that is? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't, he has nine. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Very good. But with the tr- student loans, outstanding credit card debt was $889 billion as of March 31st. Wow. So student loans is much higher, much, much higher than credit card debt. And the fact that student loans have increased $80 billion just in the last 12 months.
2: Uh, you know, I'm wondering why is that? I mean, I, I know in, in my generation it didn't occur. Your generation it didn't seem to be occurring. Is it because we're not preparing for college and, and we just – everybody wants to go, but we haven't done the planning for, for you know, the college education?
1: You know, I, I think it's just – part of it's just – inflation and cost of college i think the other part jamie and i were having this conversation just before the show is about you know not knowing what you're getting into and what you're signing up for and and the degrees and you start just saying yeah i want to go ahead and get my master's in this and i want to go ahead and you just continue to go further into school jobs availability might have a little bit to do with that and you continue to go to school and you continue to borrow more money
2: well wow. that, that number comes from the federal reserve here's one that i that i find to be very interesting for the national center of education statistics which deals with the same idea is the number of students and looking at it this way the total of 1.85 million students will graduate from college with a bachelor's degree during this past year so here we are end of may roughly 1.85 million 1.86 million graduated, and now looking for jobs.
1: That's a lot. And a
2: lot of money that they got to pay back.
1: Absolutely. You
2: know, again, that is a a tough statistic when you think about it. You spend your lifetime ready to go to school. You get into school, you know, which is not always easy to do, and you build up this debt, and now you've got to... You get out of school and you got to find a job in a job market that's not the greatest in the world, especially for a fact I was reading just recently that a lot, we talked about this last week, a lot of students with college educations are working in jobs that were really not for their, their, their degree. I mean, they're working underneath their degrees.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, the industry's changing, not just the job industry's changing. You know, the old traditional of just here's about five degrees that most people get, and you know there's a lot of jobs available. I think that's changing over time, so you have to look and be more specific on what you're wanting to do
2: you know and also another debt problem we've got is buying the vehicle, the average loan size of American purchase Americans purchasing cars and light trucks this past year. another fact on friday twenty eight thousand two hundred and eleven dollars for the first quarter of two thousand and fifteen now that's that's a you know twenty eight thousand that's the largest average dollar amount that's ever been financed in the auto in automobile industry. A large twenty-eight thousand. Wow! I mean, that just blew me away when I read that statistic. That again comes from Experian Automotive, which uh, gives us some pretty good data. But twenty-eight thousand two hundred eleven is the largest amount financed ever for light car, light trucks, and cars. And uh, that'll get your attention.
1: I wonder how many of those were from the one point (laughs) eight students and students graduating. Yeah, getting out of getting their first job.
2: Well, again, we've got a great program lined up. That's uh, just a few facts. We've got a lot more facts we'll cover. We've got one fact that we're going to cover about a boxing match that occurred here just not too long ago. That, uh, uh, In fact, it was in the first part of May. It's a statistic that will get your attention, Art, so stay with us, man. We'll be right back with Jamie Cochran talking about disability insurance. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this.
3: Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com
0: helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Remember, financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And welcome back. Jeremy, you know, we were talking about uh, some facts on Friday, and one fact that I was reading recently, and I want you to tell our listening, it's from the Employee Benefit Research Institute about literally our people that are setting aside money for retirement, uh, that 52% number. Can you give us Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the 52% of working Americans today that are at least age 55 have less than $50,000 set aside in savings and retirement accounts. So it's not just savings in a savings account. It's also including their retirement accounts. Their
2: 401K plan, their, their IRAs, their Roth IRAs, their 403B plans.
1: So basically all savings, yeah. future savings, current savings, access to anything for the future for retirement, 52% of working Americans uh, at age 55 have less than 50,000. That's, a-
2: know, that's, that's, a, that's another statistic that I'm surprised about in the fact that we just don't seem to be focusing ourselves. You know, Americans have got to wake up and realize that it's not going to just happen if you don't do some planning about it. And again, we all have a tendency to stick our head in the sand and think it's going to go away.
1: Well, I think a lot of people, once they realize if they are part of the statistic, they just say, well, I, I just might as well continue going about my life. I'm never going to be able to save anything. And I try to tell them that just if you just said just a few years, how much you can build up. Right. If you just would change, try it. You can build up dollars
2: well, we're, fast. We're living longer, and that $50,000 they're talking about in that statistic, uh, again, will not survive very much. In fact, it's going to go give you a couple of months. But leading up to what Jamie's going to talk about, here's a statistic that it's sad for us to deal with, but it is a real statistic, and it comes from the American Journal Journal of Preventive Medicine, and it says, as of 2014, 27.7% of the U.S. adults at least 20 years or older, okay, are obese, are obese. Now, that's talking about that body mass index of at least 30, only 15% of the U.S. were obese in 1980, and that's a part of of the problem that we're seeing that people are faced today when we talk about disability. So, Jamie, welcome to the program, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, when we talk about disability, why do people need, and we say disability, but income replacement? Why do people need disability insurance?
4: Well, first off, everybody needs it because it protects your income. It protects your ability to earn that income.
2: So when you say earning an income, now talk to me, walk me through that. Give me some statistics or reasons why disability is so important today uh, versus, say, 25, 30 years ago. Well, first off,
4: when we're looking at 25, 30 years ago, the advances in medical technology have improved so much that it's more likely that you're going to be disabled than you die, whether it's from heart disease, cancer, diabetes, uh, all types of uh, health maladies have um gotten to where the health treatment is so good now but well, you know I that, was reading yeah. some
2: statistics about that recently and it talked about the fact that if you were if you looked at 1960 mm-hmm. that's a long time ago but 1960 there were four major reasons for a person to die or become disabled to, to really to die hypertension mm-hmm. that would be number 1 heart disease a stroke diabetes and those were basically the big 4 so let's go back over those again now, hypertension, heart disease, and I put those almost in the same you know thought and so the stroke, so heart was very much a real issue and diabetes. in fact, my dad died in the early seventies uh from a heart a heart attack, so uh, and it was hypertension. so the reality is now now you look at that, most of the people back then, in fact, if you had hypertension in nineteen sixty today the chance of the dying of that has decreased by 73%. And, you know, and and Jimmy, I know you know those statistics. So share some of them. But the disability has increased how much?
4: Disability of you having a heart attack or hypertension has increased by 70%.
2: 70%. So, again, think about it now. A person that from from a heart attack, hypertension, and you're looking through this whole process, the chances of me in 1960 – of dying has decreased today by 73%. In other words, they're going to do something. They're going to, they're going to check you out before you, you have the problem. We just had someone recently that he was having lunch after church and, uh, you know, said he had felt a little, you know, wheezy and didn't feel too good and said, let's go home. And they decided instead of going home to go by the emergency room. In the process of the emergency room, they ended up having... Uh, you know, two bypass surgeries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, within, you know, just because he didn't feel good. Now, here's a guy that probably in 1960 would have been a death claim within 24 hours. Oh, yeah. But today he's doing great. And so he's going to so, – but the chances of that person being disabled today has increased, as you said, Jamie, 70%. Mm-hmm. So it's a real issue for people that they just forget about disability coverage. Right. And when you're talking
4: about uh, disability We're not talking about being laid up in a hospital bed for the rest of your life. It's being out of work, not being able to go earn an income for 90 days or longer.
2: Wow, then that's 90 days or longer. So I know another statistic, 70% of American workers do not have long-term care for two reasons, Jamie. What are those two reasons?
4: Number one reason is people think, it's not going to happen to me.
2: Yeah, it's the guy next door. Yeah, yeah.
4: So it's hey, you know what? I'm indestructible. Men typically uh, think that way more than more than females.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, we see, but yeah, it's the hey. I don't think that I'm gonna uh, get sick or that I'm gonna get injured.
2: And what's number two?
4: Number two is people think that it's too expensive.
2: Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about first one. When you say, you know, and I just gave you that statistic, seven, 70% of Americans don't have disability, but there some statistics I know for the person who says it's not going to happen to me. Can you share some of those with us some of our, for, so our listening audience can understand some of the reality things about what's going on as far as the, uh, the people, and their statistics, of what it says about that?
4: Yes, sure thing. So first off, um, from the uh, 1998 report from the Senate Finance Committee, Seven out of 10 people between the ages 35 and 65 will become disabled for three months or longer.
2: Mm. So 70% of those people between 35 and 65 for three months or longer. I know when I was diagnosed with uh, cancer in 19, you know, 12, it was not 19, it was seven years ago, uh, the first thing he asked me said, Do you want to be disabled? And I was shocked because. I wouldn't have even thought that was a possibility. But what he was saying was, you have a disease that if, you know, because of the treatment and all the things that are going to go take on, uh, you're going to be disabled. Now, I chose not to be disabled and chose not to have that, that problem. But, I could, but I've been around this disease enough now to see that it is easy for it to become a very disab- disabling event in a person's life. So seven out of ten is what you're talking about mm-hmm. there.
4: And there's four people in this room. Yeah, and you've you're already one of already them who's, one, who's, who I'm is one disabled already. Yeah. So the um the three of us left, two of us are gonna suffer some form of. Long-term I was reading disability.
2: also that something about the Health Insurance Association of Americans says one out of seven employees will be disabled for over five years, and uh, so it's, so when your person says it's not going to happen to me. They need to look at these statistics and, and realize that, it, that it, they're, they're real statistics. They're really going to be some of the biggest issues that we have to deal with. So I, I think that helps us understand what the, what the issues are, why it's important. But let's start, and I guess I would like to know, when you talk about disability, uh, what do you see as some of the biggest issues that you have? What, what kind of disability should I have, and how do I go about taking care of my, my own personal, you know my personal ability to work? Yeah.
4: Well, first off, it's um, understanding do you have any group coverage through an employer? If so, hey, that's great because they're taking up a cost of some of that disability insurance. But you do need to understand that there can be issues with group uh, disability coverage.
2: When you talk about group disability coverage, now Mm -hmm. that's with my employer.
4: Correct. That is employer paid benefit that some employers provide for employees.
2: What are some of the issues?
4: Okay. First off, one of the issues can be, the definition of the disability is it an any occupation versus an own occupation definition definition of disability insurance um also the employer can cancel that coverage at any time you don't really have any control about the type of coverage that you have how long you're going to have it
1: so mentioned when you you said owner occupation any occupation what does that what does that mean describe to me or explain to me what those two things mean,
4: okay. So first off, that is the most important part about a disability contract is the definition of the disability. So if you're a dentist and something happens, you're making a salad and you slice a tendon in your finger with a knife and you can't hold a handpiece any longer. Well, you want to have a definition that says since you cannot practice dentistry, that disability contract will pay you.
2: So that's the own occupation.
4: Correct. Correct. Because, hey, if you can't wiggle your index finger, I can still do my job um however a dentist right. is not going to be able to do his job his or right. her job so you want to make sure that um people have a own occupation definition of disability because it's protecting what they're trained to do
2: very good well you know that's a, that's an issue because when we talk about that there's some other reasons though you had some other thoughts about long term dis- disability with the employer so again we're back to the definition of disability he might cancel it what else are you talking about Jamie
4: okay um if you leave the employer you you definitely you may not be able to take that uh, disability contract with you. So let's say I'm working at one company, then I leave to go to another company, and I may have a preexisting health issue. Well, that other company might be paying me more, but they may not have uh, long-term disability
1: coverage as a benefit. So you might be not covered at all. So you kind of lose control of of what you're trying to do with having that coverage.
2: Correct. Does it pay when when a person has group long-term care, and that I mean long-term disability? Is That that doesn't pay 100%, right, for our listening audience. We, we talk about that's a huge benefit. If your employer is providing you with this long-term disability, that's a huge benefit. There's a couple of things you've said. The group disability definition may not be as strong mm-hmm. as you would want one to be for your personal side, number one. Number two, that your employer could cancel the coverage. But does it cover me for 100% of my income or 50% of my income, or what does? It, what's normal for a long-term disability policy yeah. from no, an employer?
4: Normally, uh, employer disability contracts will usually cover about 60% of your income.
2: So if I'm making $100 a week, then it's going to pay me $60. Well, I'd say it's, find a
4: new job if you're only making $100 a week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. That's a good point. <laughs> but back uh, to the
4: math, yeah. If you're only making $100 a week, you know your disability uh policy is gonna pay you that sixty dollars.
2: Is that taxable to me at that point or is that not taxable? It is taxable. Okay. So so if I've got a a benefit that's coming to me, so the insurance company is gonna be paying me uh and I'm not working my you know from that standpoint, how am I having to prove that I'm disabled? I mean do does people check me on that? Am I am I going through that process Often or once I'm disabled, am I just going to be told I'm disabled all the time?
4: Right. That's going to depend on the disability contract. Is it the insurance company's doctor that's looking at you or is it your doctor that's looking at you saying that you're disabled?
2: That's a good question. I guess, um, Jeremy, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, Would would my doctor be telling me that I'm disabled or would uh, the insurance company doctor be deciding if I'm disabled?
1: I think it would be your doctor.
2: Yeah, well, you would hope it's your doctor. Hope but it's
1: your doctor. They they rely, they kind of coordinate work together, uh, and they rely on a professional doctor to to tell them are you disabled or not.
2: But what we're really disguiding here, though, is determining someone is disabled is a lot more difficult than determining if some if a house is burning, a car's wrecked, or you're dead. Yep. It, there is some degree of. Um, uh, subjectivity, and, I guess, objectivity when you're trying to determine if... So you want to know what your definition is really telling you, correct? Correct, and we want to know who is deciding that you're disabled. If you leave your employer, do you take the benefit with you? That, that, that's that disability benefit with you, or is that it? Do you have to get another one at another next employer?
4: Uh, not necessarily. Um, for the most part, you cannot take long-term disability co- group coverage with you when you leave to go to another job or if you were to go out on your own business. So that's why even if you do have group coverage, we recommend getting a supplemental policy that you own that makes up that difference for you uh, because you get taxed on that 60%. Sure, sure. So you are only maybe you might only get 40% of what your income is. Right. So first off, we want to get a supplemental policy that makes up that difference. And then if you leave and you go work for another employer or go out on your own, you could take that one that you own, that supplemental policy, with you no matter where you go.
2: Well, that's… I guess those are some of the major reasons. Let me go back over those because I want to make sure we come. I think you said there was one more, too, that first of all, the group disability of definition of disability, that's important. You need to know what that definition is. So for our listening audience, if you have, if you know you have disability with your employer – Know what that definition is. And we know that a lot of people, Jeremy, don't don't check that. They, They have a box that says, yeah, you got disability. They don't know what they have because, as you said earlier, Jeremy, Jamie, it's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen to the guy across the street, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm made out of metal, man. I'm not going to. Nothing's happened to me, so I'm okay. And that's the problem. So they never looked at that disability. And you're saying, find out what the definition is. Number one, with their long term care. Number with the long term disability at their employer. Number two the employer you said earlier can cancel that coverage correct and so that's something if it's been canceled you need to check it out and find out number three the insurance company can cancel that benefit number four if you leave the employer the, you possibly you said possibly but most of the time you will lose the benefit and number five what was number five i want to make sure we cover number five the cost of the coverage can increase so it's not locked in? No, it is not. But it's employer-paid, or, or you may be paying a portion. I know sometimes you can have an employer-paid group, and you can come in and add some to it, but that's not a fixed cost. It can go up for you. Correct. Okay, so... Just keeping in mind, we're just trying to educate everybody. If you just tuned in, we're talking with Jamie Cochran about disability. Why disability insurance? You found out that most people say, well, it's not going to happen to me. Or number two, it's too expensive. And 70% of Americans don't have any type of disability coverage. And that's a problem. We're hoping we're trying to give you some information about it to help you make some good decisions. Stay with us, because when we come back, we're going to talk about eight reasons and things to look for in a disability policy that you need To be sensitive to. So stay with us. We'll be with Jamie Cochran in just a few minutes.
0: Helping you make the most of your money. Talk money will return right after this. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And Welcome back. I'm talking with Jamie Cochran and, uh, of course, uh, Jeremy Jones is here with us. And we're talking about disability. But before I go any further, let me remind everybody we have two seminars that you might be interested in to drop by the office, the GPS retirement program. And, Jeremy, since we were talking about retirement earlier that, you know, 52 percent of Americans today have only $50,000 or less, this is probably one of those that's gearing up. For your dream retirement, that's uh, hosted by us at the office. All you need to do is call the office. It's June the sixteenth at six thirty. We're going to walk you through some very basics. Uh, the Great speakers will be there. And just call Judy at the office seven five seven five seven five seven. And we have a seminar for business owners. It's um, lunch. It's uh, provided for lunch, and you can just simply call uh, again Judy at seven five seven five seven five seven and. Tell her that you'll be glad to attend. That's June the 18th at 1130 uh, on that uh, particular Thursday. So, Jeremy, you were talking during the break. We were going through some of this process. We were saying that, you know, and Jamie was very good at telling us that because of health, I guess the industry, we're living longer. And people that would have been disabled and possibly died in 1960, we gave you some statistics about hypertension, heart attacks, strokes, diabetes that you know that person would have died with no problem in 60 now they're living longer and the disability factor has increased dramatically you've got a personal story with something that i want you to share with our listening audience
1: yeah i mean we're we're sitting here talking about health and disability and yes we are living longer and medical advances and technology is improving on that to where we're not dying we just live longer with these health conditions but disability is not only about health uh, it 's also about having an accident, and accidents are happening more and more we're we're being <laughs> more aggressive but this is not this is not a, a someone doing something out of the norm this is a a young man at 45 years of age um, that decided to go out into the driveway to play basketball with his kids.
2: Uh, something that every person listening today we has do, done at some point in time in their life. We
1: do stuff like this all the time. Everybody does this kind of stuff. But he's just out there playing basketball with his kids, and he ends up slipping and hits his head on the concrete and goes into a coma. And now he is fully disabled, will never go back to work again. He will never be the same again. Mm. And that, you know, that's what a lot of what happens in on the insurance side and disability and whether it's life too. a lot of people, it spurs them is actually living through it or living through situations, and that's when you don't want
2: mm. to usually thinking the, about it. You can't insure the house when you see smoke coming out of the backyard. That's right.
1: If somebody's coming to knock on the door to get disability after they've been diagnosed with something, right. it's a little too late.
2: Right. So, I, you know, I guess what we're saying to the listening audience, be careful that you don't put this off. There's two reasons. It's too, you know, I, I, it'll never happen to me. That's what we said earlier. And then it's too expensive. But there are some reasons why you buy or you, you know, a policy based on price. In other words, you never buy the policy because of price. So let's go through that, Jamie. I want you to walk up our listening audience and help them understand that. Just some reasons why you just don't buy the policy based on price. Sometimes it's too cheap. Maybe sometimes it's too expensive. Let's go with some of those. I think the first one you said earlier was the definition of disability.
4: Correct. Yeah, All disability contracts are not created equal. That's true. And it's not as simple as life insurance. Life insurance, you're either alive or you're dead. Pretty easy to prove that. You can
2: fog a mirror, you know, you're okay.
4: (laughs) Exactly. So if you're fogging the mirror, you're you're still living. Whereas disability insurance can be a little bit more complicated with that. So first off there is the, you know, who gets to decide that you were disabled? Is it your doctor or is it the insurance uh, company's doctor as well as you know what exactly does disabled mean mm. and that leads me into the any versus own occupation definition of disability insurance
2: that's a very good one because any occupation says that if i can get up in the morning and do something i may not be classified as uh, uh, the ability to to get my payments if i am truly disabled uh, but if it's my own occupation it's what i was trained to do Correct. And the more specialized you are,
4: the more training that you have, that's even more reason to have a, in, excuse me, a own occupation definition of long-term disability.
1: And it doesn't mean you can't, if you had your own and something happened to you and you go on disability, it doesn't mean you can't go back to
4: work, right? Correct. Some contracts are written to where, I, I used a dentist as an example earlier, if they can't use their hands and hold a handpiece, and I actually have a colleague who uh, was a dentist at one point, mm-hmm. and uh, because of a neurological disorder, he can't hold a handpiece. Mm. However, now he makes uh, great money uh, in, a, in a completely different career where the, you know—
2: Because he's not using his hands. Correct, correct. His but dexterity he's using his may have impaired his, him from his own eye but he's able to do that. I had two guys that had uh, throat cancer; mm-hmm. they both had their larynx removed, and both had to learn to talk to a little microphone through, you know, through, through the little hole. You know what I'm talking about? And the reality is, one accepted that disability with no problem. And you and, and all of us guys, if you was walk, talking to him today, sure, he was hard to understand. Uh, you know, he wasn't uh, fluid. You know, or eloquent. But he, he got up every morning. He went to work and he worked and he talked to he would talk on the phone with that another guy doing the same type of business. Almost did not accept it. I mean, it was psychologically a very traumatic thing for him to deal with, and he could not function in his career. Therefore, he was disabled. And I think that's what a person needs to understand is when he looks at ONOC and the definition. Very important, Jamie. What's another reason?
4: Uh, another reason is what we call the waiting period. Okay. That's how long it takes before the insurance payment kicks in after you're disabled.
2: All right. So let's suppose – give me some examples. Okay. Typically,
4: what we recommend for people to have is a 90-day waiting period, meaning you are considered disabled after being out of work or not being able to earn an income after 90 days. Okay. That's kind of the sweet spot for the price of what we usually recommend. So 90
2: days, if you go shorter, it's more expensive. Correct. And it, longer waiting period, it's less expensive.
4: Correct. So you can have a less expensive policy if you had a one-year waiting period.
2: All right. If I had a one-year waiting period, I need to put aside enough money to live on for one year to cover my expenses and those things that I need to take care of if I'm going to take that longer waiting period.
4: Correct. Correct. Okay.
2: You know, there's a the statistic about closed house mortgages and, and the fact that 50% of our mortgages today that are foreclosed on are foreclosed on because of the disability. And it's that short-term, that period of time that you miss a couple of payments because you're disabled, and all of a sudden your house is going to be foreclosed on. And that's a, that would be the reason if you're going to take a shorter you know, lot, you know time for that period of waiting period, be sure you've got enough money set aside to pay that mortgage. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and a lot of these people, it's not that they don't want to go back to work. It's just that they physically can't because of an illness. And if you got a year-long waiting period, well, you better have a year's worth of savings. Uh, that's
2: good. Give me one more reason why you don't want to
4: buy based on price. This is what we call inflation protection. So if you're a young professional and you get a contract today that covers, you know, say, 75% of your income, well, 15 years from now, you want the ability to increase – that coverage. Because you're going to be, hopefully, you're going to be making a lot more money 15 years from now. And if you're 30 years old, 15 years from now, you're 45 years old, well, you've probably got a little bit more responsibilities in life. You might have more children. You might be higher up in your job. You might have another house. You might have more responsibilities. So we want the ability to increase your coverage at a later date.
2: That's important.
1: Yeah, I think that's a real important one. Whether you already have one, or if you don't have one, making sure you have that inflation protection added to it or part of the plan because inflation, we know health care costs is going up. We talked about college earlier and the cost of increase for college education and health care costs is going up. And so with disability, the cost of it, so you want to have that inflation. You know,
2: I know that sometimes we talk about a subject, and we're going to take a break here in a second, but we talk about a subject that a lot of people would like to avoid. In fact, we said 70% of the people today, when we started the program, don't have it because it's not going to happen to me or it's too expensive. So we know it's a tough subject, but we also know the effects that when a person is disabled and they don't have it, and it becomes a traumatic problem, especially if you happen to be the employer and you've got somebody that's a key employee that you've got working for you. They get disabled. And you've got to look at their them and because they don't go away, they, they're they going to stay around. So it's a tough subject, but it's an important subject, especially if you're dealing with money. And that's what we do every Friday. We talk about it and uh, we want to be sure we covered the subject today. If you want to listen to this program later, you can just go to iTunes and do that. Just uh, search for Shoemaker Financial and get this program again. We've got a couple of more reasons that we'll give uh, Jamie a a couple of chances to do that for us and then we got some other things for us but stay with us because we're coming right back after jamie uh, with jamie and disability insurance
0: helping you make the most of your money talk money we'll return right after this
3: saint jude children's research hospital is a true testament to the power of promises As a struggling young actor, Danny Thomas made a vow that he would build a shrine to St. Jude, the patron saint of hopeless causes, if he ever found success. After hearing a story of an African-American boy in the South who died after a segregated hospital refused to admit him, Thomas decided to fulfill his vow by building a children's hospital in the South. At the urging of Bishop Samuel Stritch and in partnership with Dr. Lemuel Diggs, both of whom had strong ties to the Mid-South, Thomas chose Memphis for the site of his hospital. After establishing the American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities in 1957, Thomas saw the opening of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital five years later. Since that time, breakthroughs at St. Jude have increased the survival rate for the most common form of childhood leukemia from 4% to 94%, making St. Jude a recognized leader in the treatment of cancer. St. Jude has saved and improved the lives of children from all over the world, and it all began with one man's act of gratitude. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
0: Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host
2: for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And we're talking to Jamie Cochran, and we're talking about a tough subject that everybody kind of wants to avoid. But if you're doing financial planning, it is a part of the financial pyramid. It is a base part, just like home insurance, your automobile insurance, health insurance, life insurance and we're talking today about disability insurance. So it's a risk problem that a lot of people kind of sidestep or wish it go away or possibly say well I've got the group insurance at work and we've talked about some of those issues. But Jamie there's some other reasons and you're very very astute in just clearing them up why you might buy a policy and not take into consideration, you know, you never buy the policy based on its price. And I think that's a great way of putting that. So give me some thoughts here on one or two more factors that you'd look at. Okay, a couple more factors is how
4: long are the benefits going to be payable? So if you get disabled, is it going to pay you for two years, five years, ten years, or maybe to age 65 or All to right, let me 67? stop you right there. I
2: want everybody listening. If you've got an employee paid policy today, today – go by your HR department or go find it that you've got it or something and find out what is my disability going to pay me and for how long. And that's important. So regardless of what's going on the rest of the day, that's your assignment for today is to look at your policy, whether you've got the employer paid one, a group policy, or your own private pay, what do you have? And Because everybody expects somebody's going to pay them. But the reality is, if they're disabled for a long period of time, there may be, if there's, you know, there's not. So you go back and go go over those periods of time that they're paying again.
4: Okay. Typically what we see there, usually a group employer sometimes will say, we'll pay to age 65. Okay. Sometimes, though, in some occupations, I see it, we'll only pay for five years. Five years. Obviously, the
2: shorter the payment, the less expensive. Exactly. And that's why we're saying some of the reasons that you don't buy on price, this could be a problem. Correct, correct.
4: So um, typically, um, somebody that we see, yeah, you know, hey, I'm 35 years old. I definitely want one that's going to pay me until I'm age 65
2: or age 67. Or uh, until you can go back to work. Exactly. The bottom line yeah, yeah. is... If More than,
4: yeah, I want to go back
2: to work. Yeah, I, I, you know,
4: my wife has lived through a long-term disability, there and go. she really, really wanted to go back to work, which brings me to the second one. You know, She was completely disabled for a while. She yeah. was not working. My wife's an architect. She's trained to do what she does. She uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was completely out of work for several months, um, but long enough after three months to where her full policy or her full benefit came in because she was totally disabled. Right. However, she wanted to go back to work.
2: In other words, her desire. Her, exactly. Yeah, sure, exactly absolutely.
4: But she was going through radiation treatment, so she was fatigued. So she was what we call partially disabled. So usually in a week, she may work 40 weeks. She was only working 20 weeks. So because her disability contract... Paid partial disability. You
2: mean 40 hours? She was only working 20 hours. Yeah, yeah, excuse me. She she was able to work half a day.
4: Yes, she was able to work half a day. Mm -hmm. So the disability contract. Made up the difference.
2: All right, now let's make sure everybody that are listening on it's Jeremy because here's what's happening. Normally, they would have been paying a full amount. Or let's say it's a thousand dollars. I'll drop the hundred since you yes. said that earlier. Thousand dollars <laughs> is what they were paying, and she was fully disabled, so they were paying the thousand dollars. She goes back to work, and they calculate the percentage and say, "Okay, we'll make up the difference." So she's not able to make as much as she was. So we'll make up. We'll, we'll pay her partially. For Correct.
4: And, and, it, and it made her income whole.
2: It could be a big benefit. It was a great benefit. Big benefit. Yeah, it, was a great, it was a great benefit.
4: It, it made her whole – we were able to maintain our lifestyle. Um, you know, We had just bought a new house. We had just had a child. So I was able – we were able to continue to uh, – You didn't lose contribute. your house. Yeah, the, didn't lose a house, was able to continue to contribute to my retirement funds, was able to start a college fund for my daughter, uh, was able to go on vacation when she got better. So –
1: Well, that's a big thing. You had a life-altering event happen, but financially, because of this policy, it helped you guys to continue on about what you were trying to do. Yeah, our financial plan was not affected in the least. That's what
2: the disabilities insurance for. That's the whole purpose of it. It kept your plan functioning without you being interrupted. So. Great, great story, Jeremy, uh, Jamie, and uh, from that standpoint. Last factor that you should consider when you're thinking about buying a policy that you shouldn't, you should never buy the policy based on price.
4: Yeah. So that factor is: is the policy both guaranteed renewable and non cancelable So guarantee- well,
2: that sounded so technical. Yes, <laughs>
4: it, it. it is. It's one of those things that hey, that's why you need to have a financial advisor review review your contracts. But guaranteed renewable means that the policy's cost can't rise. So if you're paying $100, you know, today, then I go to change that 5 premium. years from now they can't come back and say, "Hey, now it's going to be $120." Okay. So okay. that's the guaranteed renewable. They can't change the price. And a non-cancelable means that as long as you're covered, it means that you're covered as long as you pay your premiums.
2: So guaranteed renewable, can't raise the premium. Correct. Non-cancelable it can't go away. Right. As long as you're paying your premium, meeting your obligation, they cannot cancel you, regardless of what happens to your health. Right. That doesn't have any effect. You're going to continue to be covered. Mm-hmm.
1: Question on that. On the non cancelable if that you mentioned a couple of ages earlier, I heard 65, I heard 67. Are those specific ages, or is that just a retirement date, or most policies only go to 65, 67? And when you tie into that non cancelable can that go beyond that if you working until if you continue to work and pay the premium can that go into seventy, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seventy?
4: Well, it's going to end when that uh benefit period ends. So your benefit period, you can choose depending on the company you're with and what right. they offer. It might be to age 65. But you
2: choose that benefit. Correct.
4: You get to choose. Okay. With That's the options that the insurance company gives you.
2: And so, again, let's go back to what we ask everybody to do. Find your policy today. Look at it. Study it. See if we've covered some of the things that you need to look at. There's tons. And if you want to listen to this program again, simply go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial to look at it. The title of the program is going to be Disability. Disability. Uh, Jamie Cochran is a guest, and uh, it's a good program because I think you really gave us some great data on what to think about and how to prepare ourselves for the purchase of disability insurance. Well, we've got to take a break. When we come back, uh, Jeremy's got some additional data for us, some facts, and we've got some things to cover. So stay with us because we'll be right back after this.
0: You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. You're listening to Talk Money
2: with Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones, and our guest has been Jamie Cochran, and we have been talking about disability insurance. And and I guess, guys, in, in conclusion of the program, one of the things that I found to be most interesting was the fact in 1960 we had four, we talked about this, four major issues that people would have, and it was the four causes of death, kind of the big four, and it was hypertension, heart disease, strokes, and then diabetes. And those were big issues that if you were diagnosed with that, the chances of you dying were very high, and today that's decreased. In fact, for hypertension, we talked about that 73%, heart disease 29%, 48% for a stroke and diabetes, because medical history is so much better than it used to be, and that's a big plus, and I think that's something for us to think about.
1: Yeah, huge advancements in technology, and so that's going to be an ongoing thing. And the information he provided was fantastic, because knowing – why you need it and why not to avoid it, and then also, too, paying attention to what you have if you do have it, especially with your employer. You know, there's so many benefits that your employer might be providing for you, at least getting that out, pulling it out. You may have gotten that packet 10 years ago when you first started working and never looked at it. might be time to look at it.
2: Well, that's the day's assignment. Whatever you do today, over the weekend, pull out your disability policy and see what type it's like and maybe get a chance to listen to this program. But, Jamie, I want to thank you for all the data that you've given us. You gave us great information today, uh, and, and I think uh, appreciate very much that you did it in a very clear and concise way. Thanks for having me. Well, you know guys it 's uh, we are coming close to the end of the program, and there 's some more facts that we want to talk about and I guess the uh, the idea behind thirty eight percent of Americans who obtain their health insurance because we 're right in the middle of this health insurance, seeing what the you know the the uh, courts going to decide with our health insurance the in the, the part that they bought the health insurance privately in two thousand and fourteen. this was not a employer based plan had an annual per person deductible of at least a thousand dollars, and so that 's kind of a you know the thought process there going on. You can see where they are with that jeremy twenty five percent had no deductible. And, but that's going back, and you look at 2014. In 2003, 8% of the Americans purchasing private health insurance had a personal deductible of at least $1,000, and 40% had no deductible. That's from the Commonwealth Group, and that, the reality is, you see, how that's reversed. It's, yeah. it's, we're having to rethink how we buy insurance today, which is a really tough thing for our, for our listening audience.
1: Yeah, it's very complicated, so you really have to, that goes to alongside the disability, understanding your health insurance And then talking about also uh, the spending, healthcare spending is going up. In 2013, the healthcare spending was 2.9 trillion dollars. And put that in perspective, that was a little over nine thousand dollars per person in the country. Wow!
2: So you got to put that in. I mean, again, it it is a topic that we have to think through and, and look at. You have a final statistic that I want to kind of give you a chance to walk through that this is kind of an amazing piece of data. So I'm listening because this is what we started the program telling everybody they better stay around and listen to.
1: Well, I had to sit up in my chair because this is one (laughs) final statistic that I kind of make you sick, Art. I'm I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm going to have to share it with you.
2: But, guys, we're the the participants of it. We're the ones that make it happen. Well,
1: recently, Floyd... Pretty boy Mayweather, right? <laughs> Fought Manny Pacquiao in the big fight. It was the fight of the century in <laughs> Las Vegas on May the 2nd. Floyd Mayweather, he's 38 years old. Guess how much he earned <laughs> I love for the 36-minute fight. 36-minute fight. 36 minutes. Jamie, you want know, to take a shot at it? How much he was, earned in 36 minutes? Was it $160 million? <laughs> $179.8 million in wow. 30 6 minutes. Now, put that in a little bit of perspective. You know, in a boxing match there's 12 rounds, 3 minutes apiece. So basically 4.99 million per minute. Wow. That he earned in the ring. So, would you like to get in the ring? <laughs> With Manny Pacquiao for a point nine nine, just one minute. I'd last
2: one, I'd last one minute. I'd run around that. I'll tell you room. what. We've got make good sure d- all disability. Yeah, I've got good there are disability coverage like <laughs> Buy your disability before you get in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Collect Absolutely. your check. Yeah, yeah. Move on. You know. Oh my goodness, what a program, guys! Thanks so much again today. You know, we've uh, we've talked a lot about data. We always try to cover those things about. Finances that find interesting for you. If you've got something, you've got a question for us, and we've got some questions we've collected and we want to get to you next week, just simply uh, send us a question. Talk Money at Shoemaker Financial. We'll be glad to get that on for you. Next week, I've got Jamie Fish, the Director of Biblical Counseling at Bellevue, and Jamie is going to give us some important financial data preparing for marriage and how to keep your line of communication going. That's a very important communication problem that we see with marriages. I'm Jim. Shoemaker. And of course, I want to thank our producer and board art director Art Frederick. Guest and content co- coordination by uh, Francis Fortner. Production assistants Eleanor Moskowitz and Katie Brashear. Mid South History Moments read by Rebecca Brazier, and Drew Johnson. Writes it. We want to thank everybody for being a part of the program. Jamie and Jeremy, appreciate you guys. Stay with us. We'll be back next Friday with helping you make the most of your money.
1: money, 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 money.
0: Jim Shoemaker, Jeremy Jones, and Jamie Cochran are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Incorporated securities dealer member FINRA SIPC. A registered investment advisor, Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.